All right, welcome to episode 41 of the At-Bat Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news, as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez. I'm joined by my War colleague, Chris Pennant, who you can see on his own podcast, the Skyhook Podcast, along with James K, where they cover the Chicago Sky. And, uh, you know, Chris, we got a great episode today. You know, we have an interview with Sarah Valenzuela from the LA Times. And, you know, she, it was awesome to talk Angels with her, you know, talk talk World Baseball Classic, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, kind of get a feel of, of what, you know, what the baseball season's, you know, in store for the Angels, right? What'd you think? I thought it was great. Uh, it's, one, it's great to see a, a woman, a writer of color, covering teams in Major League Baseball. That's first and foremost. We need more people like Sarah. We need more Sarahs in the league, uh, point blank, period. Uh, I really think her take on on the free agencies, upcoming free agency situation for the Angels is interesting with, with Shohei Otani and then Mike Trout. Um, so, yeah, it was great to talk to Sarah. Uh, she's New York, and New York is my second favorite city, so we got some, got some food recommendations in there, too. <laughs> I loved it. I love talking to them. Yeah, for sure. So without further ado, here's the interview with the LA Times, Sarah Valenzuela. All right. Welcome to the interview portion of the pod. Uh, today, we are joined by Sarah Valenzuela, who is a beat writer for the Los Angeles Times, covering the Angels. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, so this is uh, your first full season covering the Angels, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. So before that, you were with the New York Daily News. And, and kind of tell us a little bit about your journey. I want you to, you know, to everyone to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So um, I actually got my first start in newspapers this hyper local paper in the Bronx. Um, and then from there, um, I got hired by the New York Daily News. And I worked there for three years working the sports desk, kind of just floating around different coverage of different teams and just different topics. Um, I did um, a, a bunch of things helping to cover the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, also did a bunch of coverage um, of the New York Liberty and all of that was a lot of fun. And then um, the LA Times came calling. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, our, our colleague here, Chris, yeah, he actually has a podcast, the Skyhook podcast, covers the uh, Chicago Sky. So there you go. I, I'm sure he knows a lot about that. But go ahead, Chris. No, yeah, I, I saw that. That was that was great. First of all, I mean, coming from a background where I, I thought I, I wanted my journey to start at newspapers, grew up reading the paper every single day, and especially the, the locals. Uh, it's incredible that you've gotten to where you are, because I always felt that that was that was the proper way to go about it. You start where you are, you meet the people in your neighborhood, your community, then you branch out and you get a, a firm foundation. But uh, tell, tell, tell us what it was like uh, starting out, being able to start out in New York where you're from. Yeah, um, so actually it's funny. I, when I was little, I wanted to be a baseball writer because I used to watch the show, Everybody Loves Raymond, and the main character, <laughs> Ray Barone, is a baseball writer, even though that's not like the big premise of the show. Like they talk about it once. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool, that one episode. <laughs> I actually didn't even know that, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, but when I went to college, I went to Syracuse University. Um, I was in their broadcast pro program, um, Thought I wanted to go into TV for a little bit, but as I was nearing the the end of my program, I realized like, no, I, I kind of still want to write. <laughs> um, so after college, kind of bounced around a little bit here and there. Um, I was a freelancer. Like I worked in production um, for SNY TV and MLB.com uh, um, until I got that like first opportunity to go into, into newspapers. Um, that was in 20... 17 or 2018 
I don't I don't remember. <laughs> the, the years, guess, yeah, uh, they just blend together. The, the, the pandemic just blended yeah. every year together. I don't, I don't know. You, I don't. I don't. I don't know time anymore. I have no concept of, of what year it even is anymore. No, um, I, I, totally, I totally get that for sure. And uh, and you know, kind of you know, as as uh, you told us, told me before coming on, you just got back from Angels camp. So I kind of want to get into the Angels. You know, there's so much to, you know break down there. But what were your main takeaways from camp in, in general? And I mean, I definitely admire you. you get to see Otani and Trout. Uh, taking BP and all that. So, so how was it overall? Yeah. So this was actually my first spring training um, with the team. Uh, it was very, for me, it was very exciting. Um, and just getting that experience and getting to see sort of the rebirth of, of a, of a season, the rebirth of like the baseball year. Um, and it's, it's like a springtime and you know, everything's like new and fresh um, spring training, everyone's like, it's new and fresh and everyone's good feelings about like what happened over the off season coming into this season, all the possibilities that can happen. Um, so it was really refreshing to see. And, and it was a great experience. Um, the weather in Arizona was very much not spring-like. It was <laughs> the least spring that <laughs> we, there's like little pockets of, okay, it's 75 degrees this day. It's 65 degrees that day. Okay. Yeah, we can do this. But then literal freeze warning sometimes. And I was just like, <laughs> what the kind of spring training did I sign up for? This is winter <laughs> training. What the <laughs> and what was the temperature out of curiosity? Um, there was one morning I remember waking up and it was 37 degrees. Thankfully the angels don't start their camp. The angels start their camp a little bit later than everyone else, um, does. I mean, it kind of fluctuates depending on like what's happening for the day. So there was some wiggle room that like it warms up by the time, like clubhouse opens for us around like nine, nine 30, but even then, so it's like forties to fifties. And I went there completely forgetting to pack any kind of jacket. So by day three, I like first two days tried to like layer all the clothes that I had. So I had like two really thick sweaters. And I was like, okay, I'm fine the first two days. But the third day, I just had this one long sleeve and it was thin. And we, we'd been outside because uh, we had Otani's press conference and it was all outside. And I thought I was fine. I get back in the clubhouse and I'm just shivering like, I, I can't touch anything on my phone because my fingers are just frozen. I'm just like, <laughs> after, after, after that day, I went to, I went to a thrift store. I was like, nope, nope. I, I will buy the jacket. I will buy it. <laughs> Cause this is just this, not it. <laughs> this is interesting to me because uh, I, I knew that Arizona being the desert, I got cold at night, warm during the day, but every time I would see any kind of weather report, there would always be that circle around Southwest Arizona that was always red all the time. And so I just assumed that it never really, you know, unless you were way outside the city at night, dipped below like 60 degrees. So this is wild to me that hearing that it was a high of 37. Honestly, though, I was like, come on. Why? What, what is what is this? Why are we here? What are we doing here? <laughs> I'm going to need the weather to like fix it, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand that. But uh, Angels Camp, I think, is the most interesting uh, thing about it, because I've, I've seen uh, some reports, uh, Saul sent us the predictions from Baseball Prospectus, and they have the Angels. Uh, Saul, correct me if I'm wrong. I know going to the playoffs, I believe they had them um, in second place in the, yeah, in in the, the AL the West. West. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah, ahead of ahead of those, you know, the Mariners the from last year and just behind the Astros. So I know Salo prepared a list of questions, but my first thought in your way too early predictions for the season, do you think this is the year that Shohei Otani and the Angels make the playoffs? Honestly, that is the question. <laughs> that is the question. I mean, they they certainly have the depth for it and all the um all like the veteran like former former players that I've spoken to um former angels that I've spoken to just everyone everyone agrees that like this team is way deeper than it was in years past um and when you try to build a championship team depth is a huge part of that just because the season is so long and so unpredictable so there's there's the depth for it but like whether it's enough is still like question mark because as the angels were fortifying themselves i mean so was the rest of the division so it's very true (laughs) 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 yeah like i was gonna i was gonna say that i hope so i mean is you know growing up i growing up with those uh, teams of Vladimir guerrero and you know joe saunders you know like the angels were just in the playoffs every year so you know I, i got so used to it then after a while not seeing them there uh, it's kind of weird. So I hope they, they start getting into it. Because, look, at the end of the day, like, you know, and there's some Cubs fans dreaming, like, oh, Tani to the Cubs and all that. Suzuki, he's there, blah, 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 this. But at the end of the day, it'd still be cool to have Otani and Trout together and to be there for the long run. So I, I wouldn't be mad if, like, you know, the Angels finally start winning. And I hope so. Optimi- you know, optimism. Uh, but one of the main uh, takeaways from the offseason for me with the Angels was obviously one of the main talking points, I should say, was Artie Moreno, you know, not selling the team. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that overall. It's, it's a big situation, obviously. So kind of want to get your opinion on it. Um, so I, I only actually met Artie for the first mm-hmm. time during the spring camp, but it was a really brief interaction. Um, so he, again, coming in, like I, I came in in the middle of last season. So I feel like I'm still roughly new to this team, but I mean, there was, there were successful years in his overall tenure. And that kind of just fell off the wayside. The last, what, since 2014, that was Mm -hmm. their last, last playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, We whenever we've asked um, any, like, players or even, like, the manager, everyone's kind of, there's this neutral sense about it. It's like, okay, well, you know, like, the owner's the owner, and, like, we're we're happy to have um, this person here, but it's like, what, what are they supposed to necessarily say? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, from, like, what I've heard around, like, the clubhouse and just, like, the, the Angels, there's not really a it's it's more like a neutral but also kind of happy feeling depending on who you ask mm-hmm. that um already staying um yeah <laughs> uh, i'm sure some of that i mean there there's there are stories obviously that that circulated over the pandemic um and uh, one of the big stories i know is the angels issues in their minor league system so as, as long as that's improved i i would i would imagine the feeling has to be has to be happier but I think one of the the uh, issues for the Angels is always injuries. There would be a marquee player who would get injured, and I know fans always ask about: Is there any difference in training? Is there anything the team can do different uh, in terms of conditioning? Have you seen anything, or did you see anything at camp uh, that indicated a difference in the way that Phil Nevin's doing things as opposed to the way Joe Madden and his staff were doing things to 
keep the players uh, running, you know, as healthily and, and as smoothly as possible for this upcoming season? Well, I, I never actually saw Joe Madden work. Um, I, I came in after he was fired. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I guess from that, I, I don't, I don't actually know. I, I don't have a comparison to draw. Um, I know I've asked a bunch of the players about like what they think about Phil Nevin and everyone just kind of agreed that Phil Nevin's a, he's very much like a player's manager, um, very communicative with everyone and very like straightforward with like the different things that he wants um, and like has for different people. Um, and uh, a lot of the players have said, have used the word unified Um mm in describing like what the clubhouse is for for this year like coming in this year so i i think that those <laughs> those are those are all like positive traits um as far as health wise we like at least one beat writer will ask like every other day or so how everyone's doing hey is everyone good after yesterday after <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the only the only change that at least I know that I've heard is uh, from a sorry, it was a young pitcher um, or minor sorry minor league pitcher Davis Daniel um, who uh, went on the sixty day IL for some actually I don't remember what his injury was but he was he was the only person that I remember seeing um, and that we were told um, something injury wise but for the most part everyone seems healthy um there are players so like take anthony rendon when we spoke to him like the, some of the veteran guys like acknowledge that yeah like they realize they are getting older and like for anthony rendon he said like he knows that load management for lack of better words will play a part in his in his season i guess that's where like the depth all comes in um for for any of these uh veteran guys who they're still productive but could use some extra rests not the same kind of uh and not energy not the same like they're not the same like they're they're not they're not in their youth anymore they can't recover as fast yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and yeah so over the offseason you know they added a, a plenty of guys you know matt moore uh, who I was particularly disappointed just because, you know, the, he was on the Cubs radar. So I was like, oh, man, more would be nice there. Uh, Brandon Drury as well. You know, I saw you wrote a piece mm. on Carlos Estevez as well, uh, who had an interesting career in Colorado. But it looks like, you know, the Angels got them got him at the right time, you know, coming off uh, probably his best career season yet. Uh, w- which guy do you see making the biggest impact, you know, for the Halos going into the 23? Biggest impact. Um... I haven't spoken too much to Brandon Drury, but I feel like he is someone that's like a quiet worker. If if that makes sense, like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of of like the the phrase that I, that I'm trying to like pick off from this, but I, I feel like that that kind of like increased productivity in that infield like it definitely wouldn't hurt mm-hmm. um trying to think really productive actually you know what i, I am going to go with estevez on this one mm-hmm. i and and not even just 
from what he can do from like a skill standpoint standpoint um more so from like what he offers like the clubhouse he just seems like a he seems like a, a really good mentor for for a lot of people and even then so just like a positive presence in the clubhouse um so I feel like that alone, like for, for like you go through the the long season and having that kind of like a positive mental influence just on, on everyone in the clubhouse, I feel like that goes a long way. No doubt. And it's going to be really interesting. I, I think the way that relievers are used, um, the way that things are going with the pitch clock, I, I'm really interested to see how that plays out, especially with him. I, I saw him play uh, with the Rockies, and I'm happy he's able to get the opportunity. Now, again, some, some more predictions with the two superstars on the Angels. With uh, free agency looming after this season, do you think that Shohei Otani will stay in Los Angeles, or will he uh, go somewhere else in free agency? And does Mike Trout finish his career in an Angels uniform? I'll start with Trout because that one's the easiest one. I feel like everyone asks him all the time whether he wants to stay or whether he wants to go. And like he he, he shut that down like so many times. So I Trout, I don't think Trout's going anywhere. He's, he's staying, he's staying an angel, like very much finishing out that contract. Um and I I feel yeah. And then for Otani, honestly, like everyone after his press conferences, after like everything he said over the years and we are all equally as confused as to what he will probably may or may not do like when the time comes. All I know is that like when he eventually makes his decision, no matter what it is, if he decides to say, if he decides to go, everyone's going to lose their mind. Like the people, the angels, if he stays, the angels fans will be ecstatic, whatever. Everyone will like the people in that organization will be heralded for like keeping like the, a, a once in a lifetime player in in like in in Anaheim, and then everyone else outside will probably there's all the critics. Oh, what he could have done better over here. He would have had a better opportunity there. And on the other hand, if he goes, then all the Angels fans would be like, oh, of course the Angels couldn't uh, keep this person or everyone else, wherever he did go to. Yeah, of course he was going to come over here. Like this was a no brainer. No matter what he does, it's going to everyone's going to lose their mind. Um, but whether he stays or whether he goes, that's only he knows that. <laughs> no <Very> idea. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be it's one of those things that it's going to be a talking point the whole season um, and people are just going to have fun. Just like it's going to be a circus, I think, at the, at the deadline. Obviously, if the Angels are out of it, you know, because obviously they were thinking about people trading for them, their team, other teams training for him, whatever. But that's going to be a talking point, And I'm sure. Uh, you know, you're, yeah, you're going to be talking about that a lot. But, uh, you know, going outside of the Angels now to, to finish off here, uh, any predictions on the upcoming World Baseball Classic? Uh, I know, uh, you know, with Otani going, I think if, if I remember correctly, I did see a graphic on uh, MLB Network. I think the Angels have the most players going to the World Baseball Classic, or at least one of them. I think they have, you know, because I know the Cubs are like third on there. But uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, Suzuki won't be going to teaming up with Otani uh, uh, for Team Japan anymore with the oblique injury. But, yeah, anyways, what, what are your overall thoughts on the World Baseball Class? So for prediction, I feel like I, I, I am the worst for predictions here because I 
since I am Dominican, I root for Dominican <laughs> literally every tournament. They're the favorites. They're the favorites, you know, for a reason. So, so I mean, my natural prediction is that they're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't blame. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, I, I mean, I want as long as. We get to see a, a U.S. Dominican Republic like semi. I think they can play in the semi or like the, the the quarterfinal. But as long as we get that, I hope that that is something that you know we get to see because it's just like all star teams and any any game. I mean, one of the most memorable uh, Dominican Republic games I remember from from the World Baseball Classic is the 2017 when you know that 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 a Nelson Cruz home run and we talked about it in the last episode, Chris, right? And then and that this that type of game and that type of atmosphere in Miami is something you never see. Uh, besides like the all-star game maybe there but uh Ooh, that's cold yeah that's cold. <laughs> i mean I, hey i i want to see more miami miami is amazing it's an amazing city so i hey, it's just push it's, it's you know it's positive criticism go ahead yeah but uh, anyway sarah i uh, really appreciate you coming on the show um and hopefully we can have you on you know later on the season to talk a little bit more cubs and white Sox. hopefully uh positive things are happening with the cubs and white Sox there as well and the angels you know hey you never know i know the, the white Sox. you know they have a team that's you know we, we talk about over here chris that, you know, they, they could easily make the postseason if they get their, you know, their, their stuff together there. And the Angels as well can easily make to the playoffs as well, I think so, in a wild card position. Uh, the Cubs, uh, there's optimism. Uh, I'm a pessimist mostly, but so I don't think much is going to happen there, but we'll see. But thank you, Sarah, for coming on, and uh, you have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thanks, sir. All right, so that's the LA Times, Sarah Valenzuela. It was really awesome to talk, you know, with her and talk Angels baseball. I'm sure, like I said, we'll try to get her on again so, she can, you know, we could talk Cubs and White Sox. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, decision with, with Otani and Trout and, you know, she's going to be a great person to keep in contact to see what she knows. She, you know, keep in touch with her Twitter and all that. Uh, cause you're going to be talking about it a lot. So, uh, yeah, overall, but I want to thank, uh, Chris Pennant, my colleague here for joining me and uh, I'm Saul Rodriguez for episode 41 of the at bat baseball podcast. Uh, we'll come back next week and uh, next week, actually, I can preview it already. Uh, we got ESPN's June Lee joining us for an interview. Uh, and that'll be that'll be dope to, to talk to him and uh, get into the baseball season as well. So for the Abad Baseball Podcast, we're signing off.